it's a huge issue in the United States, drug addiction. The National Survey on Drug Use and Health estimates that 38% of American adults are battling it, 38%, and it's a tough fight, but it can be won. And this week, we're going to talk to a dad who did it. It's his story of fatherhood and his road to recovery and redemption. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm happy that you're here with us today. You're listening to one of our Dad Talk episodes. These come out every Thursday, and this is where I talk to a dad about being a dad. Every Monday, we do an episode with an expert who's going to help us grow and become better. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an almost eight-year-old girl. Her name is Naomi. And she joins us at the end of every Monday episode. So if you ever want to hear what she's thinking, go back and listen to some of those. And I started Positively Dad just over a year ago to be a resource for dads. This is the place for us to have real conversations about real issues that impact our families. And we're going to do just that today. You know, nearly 20 million Americans suffer from some type of drug addiction, according to one national survey. And nearly 9 million U.S. kids live with parents who abuse drugs. Today we're talking with a dad who was one of those 20 million Americans until seven years ago. Seven years ago when he made the decision that absolutely changed his life. And that was the decision to become sober. His name is Sean Watson and he's sharing his story with us today and it's a powerful one. He's going to share his past, how it impacted him, how it impacted his relationships, and how he was able to start again. This time as a single dad. So let's jump in. Sean, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. It's great to be here. We're happy to have you, and you've got a powerful story, one of a kind of redemption, um, one of recovery, and um, one that might inspire some people, because you've got, you know, you're not the normal American family, and, um, and there's some things we can learn from you. So tell us a little bit about your family, and then we'll jump into your story. Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, uh, growing up, I come from a, from a great home. Uh, my mom and dad are still, still married. Uh, they live just uh, a few miles away from me. Um, uh, pretty much grown up in Kansas and, um, Lily is my only child. Uh, we live in, uh, in, uh, Clearwater, Kansas, a little small town. Um, it's just the two of us. Um. Uh, Nobody, nobody else around. Her mother hasn't been around uh, at all for, for around seven years now, um, and that uh, presents some some blessings and challenges both. Um, I get to spend all of my time with her, and I don't have to um, I don't have to worry about split custody and uh, things like that that a lot of um, families these days have to have to contend with. Um, one of the, the blessing to that, you know, or I guess one of the challenges to that as well is that I have to wear <laughs> both both sets of uh, shoes uh, around the house, and uh, as you can imagine, being a single dad to a daughter, that <laughs> that can be interesting at times. I bet it can. She's eleven, and you've uh-huh. had um, sole custody of her now for about seven years, if I recall. Is that right? When when uh, she turned four? That's correct. 
Okay. So yeah, we're going to dive into what that's like to raise a little girl on your own as a dad, because it's, that's not real common. So we're going to learn from that. I also want to have people though, understand your background a little bit. And before we started our interview, we talked a little bit about it that, I mean, you had, you, you had a tough trying time and you had to make some decisions. Right. Um, there was a, throughout my, my period of addiction that lasted uh, around 15 years. Um, I didn't really have anybody else to worry about. There was just me. So my division, uh, my, in my mind, my decisions affected me and me solely. Um, and to and, give our audience some clarity. So you spent some years, uh, addicted to meth that involved jail time and all sorts of different things going on. Right, right. There was, um, uh, yeah, there was, uh, drug addiction. There was, uh, um, stealing cars. There was uh, going to jail frequently for you know misdemeanor charges for uh, all kinds of different things. Um, and in in fact, when uh, I I got a call from my mother when Lily was four, her mo- her mother had uh, had got arrested for some traffic infraction or something, and her boyfriend at the time um, called my parents and took Lily and dropped her off there. And uh, so my, my mom called me and said, you know, hey, uh, Ashley has gone to jail. Um, Kevin has brought Lily to the house. Um, so you need to make some decisions. What are you going to do? Um, that at that moment, I was I was actually um, at a house with a, a group of uh, bikers that ran a lot of drugs. Um, and I just looked at the guy that was in charge there, and I said, hey, you know, man, uh, my mom just called. Uh, my daughter needs me, and uh, I have to go be a dad, and you're not going to ever hear from me again. And he, uh, to my surprise, you know, he said, that that's cool. We respect that, and uh, we won't reach out to you ever again. Wow. So, so you've, you've been sober ever since. Yes. Uh I mean, I'll be to, to be completely honest. Uh, I mean, there's been a couple of uh, slip ups in the at the very beginning in the first couple of years. Um, it, it wasn't easy to um, to leave all of that behind, but for, for primarily, uh, yes, yeah, uh, seven years now. A friend of mine who I think is one really amazing dad. He's a mutual friend of ours, Jordan Freed, who's been on the show. I've I've interviewed Jordan. He's been on a podcast. Told me that he respects you more than you could possibly understand and thinks that you are one amazing dad. Why would he say that? Uh, you know, uh, I think that the, the real, the real thing there is that I do the absolute best that I can for my daughter at any, at any point, regardless of circumstance, regardless of, uh, trials, troubles, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I just try to do my best for her at all times. And um, I also try to let other people know that regardless of other trials and tribulations or challenges that they may have, that it, that's really all of, our, all of our kids just want the same thing. They want us to be present. Uh, they want us to spend time with us. They want to feel loved. And uh, really, that's I think that's the core of uh, my success as a dad. So will you share with me how you're purposeful about that? Because like you say, you're doing everything. You are 
um, it's you and only you. And, um, you know, you've got this responsibility to to raise this amazing, amazing little girl. Um, well, one thing that I, I'm, uh, very intentional about is, is conversations. Um, just to give you an example, I'm also a member of a of a of a dad's group that uh, we we kind of uh, spend some my time bouncing ideas off of each other. And uh, I actually asked them this morning one of the things that they really thought that we should talk about today, and and, and they just nailed it. Uh, my daughter's at an age right now where she's getting ready to go through puberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's an uncomfortable thing for yeah. For a dad that doesn't know anything about, you know, uh, a, a girl to go through puberty to sit down and talk to his daughter about. And, um, so I had to kind of force myself to have that conversation. We uh, I did some research online and I found a book that uh, I thought would be a good fit for both of us. Um, and then it sat on a shelf for about three months um, until her birthday. And then I made myself give that to her for her birthday because. There was no turning back once it was once it was wrapped and she was going to open it. She was going to get it, and we were going to have to talk about what that was and what that meant. Um, and so uh, I make myself have the conversations with her that are uncomfortable, um, and those things get exponentially easier as soon as you start to talk. As soon as you start to bring those things up, then. Once the first word is spoken, I feel like both of those it gets easier from both sides for for uh, any discussion. Yeah, you're going to have to go through things that you know. My wife will be the one to go through with our daughter, and uh, you get to fill that void. Where else have you had to do that? Uh, well, as far as uncomfortable conversations, there's. Uh, one that we've had several times over the years about her mom. Um, she uh, has some struggles of her own. Uh, and any time that um, Lily has asked questions about where she's at and what she's doing and, you know, why isn't she here and does she love me and all of those things, they come up as, as you would expect. Uh, and so I have always made it a point to not uh give her too much information about her mother's situation um uh, which is always difficult um because there's a small part of me that always wants to be the guy that says you know I do it on my own you know you don't you're not around you don't get to be here you don't you know just uh, things that I have always there's a small part that wants to hold that against her but when my daughter asks about that, uh, I just tell her that her mother has had some struggles and that she's she's uh, figuring some things out um, on her own, and uh, that's the only reason that she's not around. Um, and that is always a difficult conversation. Um, and I just let her know that I'm here. I'm here. I'm always going to be here. I'm never going to go anywhere. Um, and uh, that. That typically is uh, is all she needs to hear. Yeah, it's quite the story. I mean, you and and Lily's mom met through addiction. That's how you knew each other, and yeah. um, and and you both have struggled with that over your life. I'm curious about then. What do you share with her about your story? Um, that's that's a that's a good question. I I 
I don't think that she's to the age where I need to give her all of the details yet because I don't think that they would really um she would soak those up and they would really mean as much to her now. So I I have told her that I had that I had a drug addiction uh in the past. Um and and a, she doesn't really recall much about the first four or five years of her life for uh, you know, whatever reason. So she doesn't she remembers she has some memories of her being a baby. Uh I was her primary care provider for the first couple of years of her life. Um but uh she doesn't have a whole lot of memories back then, so she doesn't realize that I wasn't around uh for a lot of those times. But um I'm not shy about letting her know that I've struggled uh and that I had uh, an addiction to drugs and that I've been to jail and, and some of those things because I think it's really important for her to understand that um we all make mistakes. We all are going to falter, our path is gonna take some crazy turns. And nothing about those experiences means that it's the end. Uh, means that you can still, you know, dust yourself off. You can always reinvent yourself. You can always stop where you're at, turn around, and go a different direction. So, um, yeah, I like that. I don't really shy away from too many topics at all when it comes to her. Um, I'm fairly transparent and open uh, about everything. Okay, so to be fair, I mean, you say, look, we all make mistakes, and you dust yourself off. You had to do more than dust yourself off. And <laughs> and so I'm curious about what was that like? How, what was there, what changed for you that you were willing to give up something that you were addicted to and go through the process to, you know, just recover from that addiction and be aware of that addiction and still do whatever you've got to do to make sure that that stays away from you? What shift had to happen for you to give that up so you could get get this back, which is this chance to be Lily's dad? Um, well, you know, as far as what it boils down to, the the two I, I have two keys that I say were the success to um, my sobriety. The the first one uh, was the separation from everybody and everything that was was tied to that world or that that. Uh, persona that I had created previously and my my parents were the biggest key for that they they gave me a place to be a place to exist that was completely separate and apart from everything else that I had built up to that point so that was that was number one the the other thing was that I found something for my life that gave it more purpose than what I had thought that I was meant for I guess I you know I, I guess up to that point I was just pretty lost in life and and didn't really know where I was going or what I was supposed to do or I I, I was just living day to day and uh, whatever happened that day was what I was around for. So being having the opportunity to be a dad full time and I made it um, it was an obligation rather than a choice. It was something that you know there was no other option. Um, so. I just decided in my mind that um, that's what I was going to do. There was no second, like I said, there was no second choice. There was no second option. That's just what had to happen. Um, I've been uh, I've been madly in love with my kids since the first time that I saw her, uh, and when her mother and I split up, I think that that kind of drove me uh, to some places I didn't want to be, uh, and. She wasn't real 
uh, open to me spending a lot of time with Lily because she still knew that I was uh, battling some addiction things and and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think that the like I said, those are the two things that really uh, I credit the most success uh, to me uh, being sober is is having a place to go that to cut all of those ties. Uh, and then finding a purpose that was bigger than myself. Yeah, you change uh, your environment. I mean, that's the first thing. So you got out of the, yeah. you got away from the people and out of the place that was not helping you. And how cool right. is it that your parents would take you back in to support you? Because oh, I imagine yeah. that that had to be a roller coaster for them too. Oh yes, and that's and that's one of the things, and that's a picture that didn't really um, get painted in my mind until after I got sober. Um, you know, I, like I said, I would live from day to day and, and really just uh, concerned about myself and what was going on with me. And I didn't really ever uh, take uh, into consideration, you know, there would be brief periods of sobriety, you know, a week here, a week there, uh, where some of those things would cross my mind and I would think about it. But, you know, when you're in the in the heights or the depths of, of addiction, it, uh, a lot of those things just aren't what crosses your mind and my parents i have put through hell uh during my addiction phase um my mom especially i know would stay up at night you know and and just cry and and worry about me and you know she was always the the face of strength um anytime i needed it and it is just incredible i am uh, beyond fortunate and blessed and grateful uh for my parents for for being around for me consistently Oh. Your mom has to. Your mom has to be grateful that she has not, you know, not only a granddaughter that she's got her son back. Oh, for sure, for sure. The whole the whole family is. I've I have uh, two sisters and a brother as well, and um, it's just yeah. I've I've got a tremendous family. I couldn't I couldn't ask for more. So environment is crucial, clearly for you. Getting out of that, getting away from the people and out of the places that were causing you to just not make great decisions. And then number right. two, you talked about your purpose, that your purpose shifted and you love your girl. You've always loved your girl. You were able though to shift and go, look, gosh, the pain of not being with her and not being able to support her. Cause the only other option is the state takes her and places her with someone. So, right. so the pain of not being able to be with her, well, that outweighs the pain of having overcome an addiction, it sounds like, right? I mean, that's basically the shift you made when it came to purpose. Absolutely. Well, talk about how that can happen, because I know there's people listening that are struggling with something, and, they're, and they know they could do better. It may not be addiction. It could be anything. Maybe they work too much. Maybe they, who knows what it is. And yet they struggle with that, and they just go, well, how do I give that up? What would your advice be to them? on how they can give up some of that stuff so they can show up better as a dad. Man, you know, it's, it's tough to, to, to quantify that, I guess, to, to find a, um, a, a solution that really fits across the board. Um, I, like you said, the, it, it kind of goes back to the quote that I've heard uh, that real change only happens when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. Uh, and so, to me, like I said, it, it just was a shift in my mind that I just didn't give myself a second choice. Um, my daughter, um, she didn't have anywhere else to go. I mean, that was, you know, uh, for me, um, being a dad was just that was just that important. 
I mean, I uh, I knew that my life lacked uh, the things that it it was lacking a lot of things, and that's I was constantly trying to fill those holes with with addiction and 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 things like that. But um, it's really hard to put into words really what that takes for someone else, uh, because for me it was just that easy. It was just that. Uh, Given that opportunity, uh, and not seeing another way, but to to grab a hold of it and take it and, and and make it mine. I mean, it sounds like you were you had a decision to make, and you made one and move forward. So, what have you learned about fatherhood in the last seven years now that you've been sober and and been raising your little girl? Oh man, it, it is the absolute best thing in the entire world. Um, my daughter is just incredible. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better kid. She's just, uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the most fun things that, uh, that we do is we are just weird together. And hmm. to me that is, I mean, if, if anybody, even from the outside looking in, uh, if you, if they had to, you know, pick one word to describe the two of us it might just be weird we uh i and i've tried to instill that from her and since from day one is that uh you can be unique you can be different you can not follow the crowd you can do your own thing and man that is where real happiness for us is at um and just having a uh, a small human that is constantly in your life all the time uh, looks to you for answers, um, gives you answers that you never knew you didn't know. <laughs> I, I think that we learn as much from each other um, rather than it's not really a one-sided thing here. Um, she has taught me about grace and unconditional love and um, just joy simple joy um and uh one of the biggest things that i do as a dad is i try to be the person that i tell her that i am all the time um it's easy to put on the face or put on the hat of dad and then when your kids aren't around you know, you're uh, a separate or a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried, and well, that's one of the, I think, another factor that's led to success as a dad is that, you know, even when my kid's not around, I'm, I'm still her dad. Uh, I'm still the same guy. I still have the same, uh, you know, uh, standards and uh, you know, priorities. Uh, and so she doesn't have to worry about, or I don't have to worry about, crazy things that happen when she's not around uh and then her discovering that you know her dad's a you know her dad's a fraud he's not he's not the guy that you know I thought he was um and I th- and I think that that's really important well you're not hiding anything you just you're not looking at fatherhood as a light switch this is this is who you are this is ultimately it seems like what's really defined your life over the last 7 years and so you're being pretty authentic with her Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent, and uh, well, and and I think that kids, uh, kids have a a, a, a a BS filter. I mean, sure, they, they know, they know when yeah. you're not being authentic. They know, they know when you're, 
you're uh, telling little white lies. They, I mean, they see through that stuff. And so it, it is it is uh, very important to, to be authentic with them and just cut the crap, you know, and just tell them, tell them how it is and uh, tell them, you know, set the, set the level for their expectations exactly where it needs to be and then live to that, live to that level. Yeah, that's great. Now, did I read correctly that you were involved in Daddy Daughter Hair Factory? Is that right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, 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 it's probably been uh, about three, maybe four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I came across that uh, organization on uh, Facebook. Right. Uh, it was a guy named Phil Borghese from uh, from Daytona, Florida, and his right. daughter Emma, and uh, got it organized, got involved with them, um, and we set up. Uh, classes for um, braiding hair. Uh, yeah. We would teach set of classes and teach guys uh, how to braid their daughter's hair. And uh, and through that as well, then it, it, I would have an opportunity to, to speak about fatherhood, speak about it being involved, speak about, you know, just having conversations and spending time um, through through those classes. And it was it was pretty it was a pretty awesome experience. Oh yeah, well I took one of the classes here in in Florida and now my daughter would tell you I've got to go back and take it again. So I you know, I guess okay. I graduated and I may not have been a successful graduate though. I need some some more uh education there. Um what? I mean even something though is learning how to do your daughter's hair. That's got to build a bond between the two of you. Oh, it does. It's a it's it's a good way to have an excuse to sit down and share some moments together. Uh, Watch, watch a movie, have a conversation, talk about their day, talk about, you know, likes and dislikes. And just, I mean, just the, the, the act of spending time together is important. Um, and also, we would, we would get on the Internet. We would look at braids. We would look at hairstyles. We would look at these different things and talk about, you know, if, if we could do this or how do we do this or is that something you would wear to school? It's just having conversations and getting to know each other. Is, yeah, that uh, sounds nice. And that, that provided that for us. Well, maybe I'll take the class again. All right, so as we wrap up, what's the the take-home message? Or maybe is there something I didn't ask you that you wanted me to? I mean, what what do dads absolutely need to know from our conversation today? Oh, well, I'd say there's two. There's, I mean... I think there's a lot of dads out there who are are separated from their children. They they don't um, have that quality time, or maybe don't think that they are uh, a big part of their kid's life because they don't maybe uh, that like split custody arrangements or what have you. Um, you are absolutely important in your kid's life, uh, dads. I uh, you know studies have shown numerous times that uh, a dad can is likely to be the most important part uh, of a daughter's life growing up. Um, you are exponentially uh, valuable in raising your kids. So even if your time is limited, make the, make the best of it. Spend that time together. Um, don't think that you're not important uh, for any reason whatsoever. Even if you are around your kids quite a bit, man, May, be involved with them. Have some conversations. Find something that they're interested in. Teach them something you're interested in. Just absolutely spend as much time uh, being involved with your kids that that you that you can. Um, there, another another takeaway would be that you know 
regardless of, of your past, regardless of what, you know, challenges that you may have had in the past, uh, work through it. I mean, I mean, the only, the only thing that's going to stop you is, is you. Uh, if you, if you need help to, to get over an addiction, uh, whether it be drugs or gambling or pornography or a- anything like that, if you have something that's holding you back and tying you down, reach out, reach out to somebody. Uh, whether it be a church group, whether it's just a friend online, whether anything, reach out, get some help. Um, do what you can to overcome those things because you need to be there for your kids. And that's, that's uh, well, you need to be there for yourself initially. And then, you know, once you're, once you get those things under control, then you can be there for your kids. Uh, it's okay for your kids to know that you've struggled. They're going to struggle as well. Uh, there's no better way for them to know that they can overcome their struggle than by seeing you overcome yours as well. Um, and and have tough have tough conversations with your kids. Uh, trust me, they're just as uncomfortable as you are. But by having those uh, conversations, you're gonna you're gonna build uh, irreplaceable bonds, and uh, they're gonna learn some lessons about how to deal with that stuff in the future. I think, uh, I think those are some some pretty good solid takeaways. Yeah, they are. My goodness. Well, Sean, you have, I tell you, first of all, congratulations to you. Like you said, it started with the decision you had to make, and you had to take care of you first before you right. could take care of Lily, right? Don't they say on the airplane, if the oxygen mask comes on, you put on your oxygen ma- uh, oxygen oxygen mask first? Absolutely. It, yeah, don't they say on the plane that if the mask comes down, you put your mask on first before you put on somebody else's, right? Oh, for sure. Yes. So you got to take care of you. You did that. Now you're taking care of her. It doesn't mean that your life isn't stress-free. You go through ups and downs and challenges and, um, and all that sort of thing. And yet at the end of the day, you're showing up at a real high level as a dad when originally you just weren't even showing up at all. So congratulations to you. Congratulations on your sobriety. And thank you so much for willing to share your story with us. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Powerful story. Absolutely powerful, and uh, I appreciate him being willing to even come on and talk about that. That would be so easy just to keep that in your past, and now look what's happened. He's he's a single dad raising Lily. They're doing an amazing job together. They've got a dynamic relationship, and he's very purposeful about how he's showing up now as a dad when he wasn't showing up at all before. Now, I want to wrap up, though, just with one thing, and that's this. You might know somebody. I told you earlier, it's... It's like 38% of the population has some sort of drug addiction, 38%. So if you know somebody or if you are struggling, then reach out, reach out and get some help. And one option is to call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration helpline. The number is 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-4357. And you or whomever it is that you know can make that choice to go ahead and, and, and make a change so their life will change. I want to thank you for listening. I trust you got some value out of our conversation today. I certainly did. It was a powerful one. And again, I'm just so thankful that he shared the story. If you got value out of it, would you share this podcast with somebody that you know? You can you can email them the link or, or send them to our, our website, PositivelyDad.com. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. If you do that, that would be great. Five stars would be awesome, and write a review. 
My goal, like we said earlier, is to help us grow and become better parents, partners, and people. Today's episode is an example of how we can do that. So if you'd be willing to share it and rate us and review us, that would be awesome. Finally, we'd love to connect with you online as well. We're on PositivelyDad.com and then Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at PositivelyDad. You'll find us. And then if you'd like to be on the show or know somebody who'd be a great guest, then just email me, james at PositivelyDad.com, and we'll get you on. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.